Hello and welcome to a special episode 44 of the Wildcast. Just, well, it's not just Tom and I today, but Tom, we've got a guest on. It's been a while since we've had a guest on the show. Yeah, we have. We have. And it's a particularly special guest. You know, I think we've all been, this has been lined up for a little while and yeah, we've been wanting to get this done. So yeah, really looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Calendars haven't quite matched up, but we are delighted to be joined by, well, someone that's probably been on, well, probably leading the league in time on ice this year. Uh, most shifts, probably pretty even on plus minus as well. But uh, the one, the only, the referee, Mr. Stephen Matthews. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm good, James. Yourselves? Yeah, all good. All yeah, good. Not bad. How's, uh, how's life treating you at the moment? Good, mate. It's good. Sun's coming back out. I mean, summer's around the corner. Few more week, few more weekends to go, and then we can enjoy the sun. Getting ready to put the uh, the skates back in the back for another few weeks. Weeks is it? Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say with this with this sunny weather, I was you know, it's, it's, it's that you know it's that time of year when you're going into rinks and it's still sunny and light in the evening and it's not dark and cold and chucking down with rain. It's, it's nice. Tell me about it. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's kind of start at the top. Obviously, when we do these interviews, we have you know players and elite prospects to to kind of to look at and, and see where the career started from. But how did how did you get into to refereeing? Kind of what's your hockey background? I never played, to be fair. Never played ice hockey before ever. Um I played roller hockey since I was like 14, maybe. Um and then I think I've been sort of refing now about 15, 14, 15 years, um, decided to go on a level one course with my mate who played roller hockey with me at the time. Um, and just went from there. Um, just sort of built up from there. Started with obviously the ref game, I think it was my first game with Nathan Ormond in Cardiff. And then I think my first league game was a under 14s game in Bristol, in the old Bristol rink. Where you have to walk upstairs. Um, so yeah, that's and they just went from there to be honest. But I never never played competitive. I play a bit of rec now, but never never played competitive before ever. And so I think for my kind of early memories of watching the Wildcats, I've been following for kind of 11, 12 years. I always remembered you initially as a linesman. So how did you kind of make that kind of transition from linesman at kind of what was then the EPL up to yeah. the referee? It was, it, it came about, it, it was years ago when, um, uh, obviously now when we get our referee assignments now, it's pretty organised. So we, we get them probably about a month month or so in advance. But back back then, it was um, sort of like a phone call. Um, uh, could you sort of do this? And then I started off on the line. Obviously, you know, I'm not the tallest of people. Um, so to be a linesman is, is pretty difficult trying to get in between all these all these sort of players. Um, I, I refereed uh, a couple of kids games it was. Oh, got to be probably about six, seven, eight years ago. And then it just went from there. Um, sort of, I, I went down the referee, referee path instead of, instead of the linesman path, to be fair. Um, so it, it's mainly because of sort of my size. Uh, I'm not big enough to go on the line. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the only reason. You just fall into it, you do. You, you fell into it, and then sort of the way I went on the go then. And you said that, obviously, you never really played hockey or ice hockey. Yeah. I think, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, do you think that's kind of helped 
with that transition to a referee, you don't know what it's like to be on one side of a call or the other side of a call. Like you're, you're the guy that makes the calls. It's all you've ever known. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because you, you, I'm guessing you get if you're a player and and then you sort of go into a referee, you 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 get frustrated. I I, I would have thought, but I, I you know what I mean I I've watched the game for for years. You know what I mean from like the old Devils rink going down there since I was probably about twelve. Um, but yeah, it's. I find it a bit, it's, it's different because working with sort of people like Bicknell now has a different view of stuff with, with, with him being an ex-player. Um, he sees it sort of like a, a totally different sort of way that when I started that I did. So, yeah, it's, um, I think you, you don't understand. You've got to try and understand where they're coming from, I suppose, when you're, if you haven't played the game before, you've got to try and put yourself in their, their shoes. But... And obviously, um, you do a lot of travelling as a ref, and you. <laughs> we'll talk more about kind of the travelling in a bit. Um, but you mentioned kind of in passing about you know your first games and you know being with guys like Nathan Ormond and James Irons and Paul Brooks. What's it kind of like travelling with those guys? Because you know we kind of again I have that image from the first kind of years of watching hockey. Of it always felt like you and James Irons came as a pair. And what's it kind of like just traveling week in, week out with, you know, those guys and, you know, making these journeys around the country to ref games? Oh, I, th- I think with, with the people that, because we, we sort of travel now, now obviously I don't really work with INZ that much now, but when he was sort of up and coming, because he, he was a late bloomer, mind, he started pretty late as well into the refereeing. Um, you, you you get used to traveling with the same use the same people, and it's 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 a good laugh to be fair. When it's three of you, when we used to do the three man system, and then it was like literally me, I and Z, Norms, Nathan, you were traveling around all the time. So it, it's it's a good laugh. Like the the game is just sort of something that comes with it. With it, <laughs> you know what I mean. The the traveling's good laugh. You leave, you stop off for a coffee, you play football. You know what I mean? Before it, you it's, it's it is a good laugh. It's you're more it's more of a social, and then obviously then you have to do the game in between. Um, but then obviously now with INZ moving on and 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 Nathan sort of semi-retiring now, but then you still have the same amount of people like you got Jarvie now, Pulse, and obviously then Brooksy. Brooksy now lives in Wales where he's lived sort of everywhere around the UK, I think. But um. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you're travelling with different, well, you say different, you, it's either the two of us, like me, Jav, me, Brooks, or me and Pulse, week in, week out. So it's, you get to know each other, obviously, personally, and, and what you do on the ice. So it, it does help, I think. Okay. I guess that also helps you make you feel like you guys are part of that team as well. Like, you know, we've got a team of 20 guys in Swindon, 20 guys in the Bees, 20 guys in Basingstoke, but there is that team yeah. of you guys that travel together the same as they do on a bus. You were just in a car before of you. I think it, yeah. I think it's the same as like we're we're now sort of mates outside of hockey as well. So obviously we socialise outside of hockey, but I think probably most officials who travel with the same people, be it up north, be it in Scotland, they'd all be the same as well. They'll tell you exactly the same thing. Obviously hockey brought you together, but you then you sort of start to socialise outside of hockey. So it's not, isn't it? I mean, you you I know obviously you lot just see mostly the people that come from from Wales and stuff like that but it, it happens all over the country with with the officials you know what I mean it's not just us that travel together there's there's people like I said from up north they do exactly the same and it's it's 90 percent of the time you're traveling with the same people um so yeah it's it, it it helps on the ice as well to be fair not just off the ice yeah just just a thought quick question here though 
three-man system or four-man system? Which one do you prefer? Four, all day long. The skating's a bit of a nightmare. But what, what I find, what I found is um, you get less, less um, behind the play. There's less going on, if that makes sense. I was going to swear, so I don't know if I could swear or not. But there's less going on behind the play, if that makes sense. Um, I, I did a three-man system game a few weeks back in Bristol. And, and it's, it's hard work. I've got, I've got nothing but uh, respect for the referees who do the league sort of below and the league below that. Because that, that, that's hard. Because you've got to have eyes everywhere. You've got to have eyes in the back of your head all the time. And like I, to be, and the game has sort of got faster, I think. The National League level now, obviously it's not five imports like we had in the old EPL. But it's a, it's a hell of a lot faster. And I think the game sort of goes, flows a bit better with a four-man system. I, 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 I prefer a four-man system anyway. I mean, I was down in... Solent early on in the year, and they were using a two-man system, and that was something I hadn't seen in a long time. So I don't watch a lot. I don't get to watch a lot of not kind of south, south one, south two, and that must be really difficult as well. Well, you you would have thought with with Solent being so small, that's why they did it as as a two-man system. So it wasn't because of the lack of availability of officials. It's because they they found they thought it'd be better on a smaller ice pad to have a two-man system. But then what, what you'll find, if something sort of does kick off or happen, both officials have to get in there, um, where then you don't have that third official to stand back and sort of call the right penalties, if that makes sense, call what should be called. So they've, they've now changed Gosport to a three-man system. Yeah. So you do have sort of the referee now with, with the two the two linos. But I remember I used to, I lined down there once on a three-man system, and it's, it's, it's tight, really, really small really small it's very much for those any listeners who haven't been there it's very much kind of like the isle of Wight. that kind of tiny ring yeah yeah i i I, you know i mean kudos to the players that play their week in week out because it's a struggle to referee there (laughs) um so kind of moving slightly away from this topic in terms of you know your hockey life you obviously you referee and I can't imagine you have much opportunity to watch much hockey at weekends because you're always there refereeing. Do you follow hockey outside of the UK? Do you follow an NHL team? Do you kind of get an opportunity to watch games ever? Or is it kind of just very much refereeing uh, your life when it comes to hockey? No, I, I do. I don't. I follow um, the Leafs is sort of the team I, I sort of followed when, when I, if I watch the NHL now. Um, I fell into that. I used to work with a guy. Um, God, going back when I was like sort of 18, 19, and he um, just decided to emigrate back to Toronto, where he was from. And he said to me um, at the time, obviously he knew I was into ice hockey, and he said, look, I'm, I'm emigrating back home. Do you want to come over? And I'm like, what, to, for a holiday? He's like, yeah, 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 come, you can stay with me if you want. So I thought, okay. So I, um, my sister was a travel agent at the time, so she's the one that booked us our flights. And I went to Toronto for three weeks when I was 19, just to, just to obviously, and I went to watch the Leafs twice. And then it just ended up from there, to be fair. But I, I sort of tried to follow anything. And I, I went to a game in Vegas just before Christmas. Um, you know what I mean? I've been to the, what, the Rangers a few times, the Islanders. But in, in the UK, I don't really sort of follow any teams. If I do have a sort of a, a night off, I sometimes go and watch the Devils. But again, that's more of a social I go with there, the referees that are not obviously there, or if I go down and see the the referees that are on there. So it's you know what I mean. It's more of a social, and the only time you get to go out, to be honest. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, being a Leafs fan is the correct answer for this podcast because you know there's more than one of us on this call. Then you're the outcast for a change. Yeah, I absolutely am. Um, so going back towards not towards the start of your career, but you were getting through as a referee from a lino. Like, which which referee kind of back then or even now like influenced you the most, helped you along that journey, that transition? Well, do you remember back years ago they did the four man system? years ago in the old EPL. Do you remember for a, a season or two? Yeah. So sort of then I was working with people, you know, I mean, you got the old school people like Clout, um, Tomo, um, and then obviously Pickett, I grew quite pretty close with. Um, I worked with him quite a lot because obviously there was no referees from Cardiff then at that time. Yep. So it was me and Pickett doing a lot of travelling together. Um, so I learned most of my sort of game management from, from sort of him. Um, I worked a bit with Hoagie before he went up to the to the elite league as well. Um, but yeah, Pickett I would say is is probably the main one. That's you know what I mean, Swindon Swindon boy. Um, but yeah, he was he was very good. He was when I was when I was coming through. Yeah, and I guess is that kind of something that you now look to to kind of give out the other way when you do the four man system now with some referees that maybe are on their way through. Yeah, I, I don't really. <laughs> Yeah, I find it hard to try and because I still think I'm learning as well, mind. Um, but I try to like give sort of advice or pointers because you know I me, mean, refereeing is a game of it's it's a thing of of views, isn't it? And um, what you see as one thing or another referee might see slightly different. So I don't I don't try to like pass on what like what I think is a a penalty. It's just more of advice of what position could you be in to call the right penalty, if that makes sense. So yep. obviously the new people, like we've got um, Pulse coming through from Cardiff, is his sort of first season now doing the four men. Um, you know what I mean? And, and he's like a sponge. So when, you know what I mean? When I work with him, he's always sort of, he's always asking for sort of pointers. You know what I mean? Is, is, is his movement okay? Is, is he in the right position to see what you should? The only thing you get caught out with a four man is you don't want to be looking at the same thing, if that makes sense. Both referees don't want to be looking at the same, the same incident. Uh, otherwise there's no point you being there so that that's the main thing with people coming through now is just to try and sort of get them used to not following the puck if that makes sense so you need to try and like not watch the game but like where the puck goes from one end to the other that's where you sort of swap stop swap watching the puck and the other person then seems to watch what happens after the puck is gone if that makes sense so it's trying to advise the new people of sort of of where to look rather than you know, I mean, they, they, they're good enough to be in the league. They know how to call penalties. They know what's a penalty. They know what's not a penalty. It's just that we're not looking in the same place. So that's what you try to, try to like, help them out with, I think. And I guess that's really tough for you guys because if you're a player and you, you want to practice something, you've got a couple of sessions a week. For you guys, you, you get games. You can't just go down the rink on a Tuesday night and practice that. You've got to do it live in the moment. Yeah, yeah and I think that's where... Some people, players, fans, probably get frustrated where not not what, what some people one week will let go to what something might call the week after, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? People will see it different. Like every referee probably sees it differently. Um, everyone else has everyone's got their sort of way of the way of of calling a game, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Every game is different. So you can't really you know when you're not in the feel of a game. So what someone could let go the week before. Like they can't let it go this week because the game has a different feel to it. If that makes sense, um, so it, it's you've got to you've got to adapt. People have like as referees, you've got to adapt of who you work and with, 
you know what I mean what you know what 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 what's the game like um you know what I mean what it's it's loads of things you've sort of got to adapt yeah you can't play we get together probably once a year as as a group of officials and then to cram all that into like two days of sort of, of training is pretty pretty difficult so it's, it's it is learning and getting used to each other on the job if that makes sense yeah um no that's 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 definitely makes sense and yeah it's really interesting to kind of hear how how that all how that works um so to take a slight pivot, um, obviously, you know, fighting is a part of a game of the game that exists, and you know, love it or hate it, it's part. Of, it is part of hockey, and it has been part of hockey for a long time. As a ref, you obviously have a have a very different, you know, angle and a different view of the kind of fighting side of things to you know, the crowd. How do you kind of how firstly, how do you kind of what what, what are you looking at when there's a fight going on as a ref? Um, mainly the the benches. So depending, obviously, where the fight where the fight occurs. Now, I I'm I, I don't mind fighting as long as they fight for the right reason. What I, what I tend to not like is a pointless fight. Sometimes there's there's sometimes like you don't get it so much. I don't find in 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 the national league, um, but obviously in the league, sort of the more you go down, um, I I just you know me you see him fights for sort of no reason whatsoever. But as a referee, I think. In the four-man system, um, one referee has then got to watch the benches. Um, so obviously, make sure no one jumps off the bench. If that makes sense, to get in 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 involved in sort of the altercation, and then the other referee watches what what's happening around the fight. So obviously, you've got the two people fighting just to make sure no one else gets involved. But yeah, it's it's then but that's where you've got to have the communication with with the other referee to make sure that again that you're not watching the same thing. So you know, what I mean, I, I I'm all for fighting. But, but for the right reason, if that makes sense, I like I, I don't see the reason someone having a like a a pointless fight if 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 it's not going to achieve anything. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. I think that's definitely a um, view that we've shared many a time on between the myself and Ben and Joe, who's obviously not here today, but yeah, shared that. And have you got a? This is something that we were kind of asked to ask. Have you? Do you have a kind of? Any particular memorable fight that you've officiated? Oh, yeah. Anything? Yes. Anything yeah. Go on, when, when I've had one, one good one that sticks in my mind was um, uh, Guildford, Guildford Telford, in the old, in the ETL going back a few years back, and then um, Doug Clarkson. Obviously, remember, remember Doug Clarkson. So Guildford used to always used to play with like three lines, didn't they? Like they never used to go any further than three lines, and. Um, it was Clarkson was running around just hitting everything that moved, and and Danny Myers was literally just finishing probably like I think it was like a five minute shift probably it felt like, and all on that big ice as well. And then um, they had a tilt right at the end of his shift, and oh my god, it's probably the best, probably the best fight I've, I've seen in in this level. But going years and years and years ago, I did um uh I think it was a a Streatham. Invicta game maybe going back probably four or five years ago and it was Brandon Miles and Mason Webster. Now I know they go at it quite often, but them two people they just absolutely went hammer and tong on each other and then shook hands afterwards. So I think they they're the two that sort of stick in my mind. The one that old EPR one with with Clarkson and and Danny Myers was was pretty good. I'm glad you mentioned the EPL there because this kind of leads us on nicely to the next one I uh, was going to ask you. Like, 
you talk about the National League now and through the, the South one, North one from a couple of years ago. What, what's different now compared to back then in the EPL days? We, we know what's kind of changed for the players and the teams, but what's different for you guys when you went through that transition of the EPL folding and two leagues and team splits and different rinks and that kind of it's stuff? It's just the standard, isn't it? It's like, like you, you're like players, I'm guessing, as a referee. If you're going into like... Um, uh, like you know, the national league now it's just sort of anyone can be anyone on on their day. You know what I mean? I, I find so you're going in, you're going into the national league looking forward. You know what I mean? You're up, you're up for games. You got to be on your, you got to be on your toes. You got to like sort of let them play and stuff like that. And like they're all a sort of a good standard where you're not going to get the sloppy, the lazy hooks, the lazy slashes and stuff like that. But when when the old EPL folding, it went to that sort of where like. Swindon went into the league with the fire and then Victor and obviously the teams like Swindon, Telford, Hull, Sheffield, all a step above these other teams. Obviously, it's no one's fault that they all ended up in the same league. Don't get me wrong. But that's where you then, you know what I mean? The team who was like, if, if say one of the old EPL teams are pulling away, pulling away, then the other teams start taking like lazy penalties, which you can't then let go because you know something else is going to happen if you don't call it. So it's it's the game you couldn't it's hard to get a game management right when you've got like a like a team sort of like an old EPL team against a team from NIHL one if that makes sense. The game sort of gets away from you when you try to let them play. Now if you did like a I don't know, like a Basingstoke Bracknell game or a, a Swindon uh Peterborough game where the there was two PL teams, then you know what I mean that you could they they know what's they know how to how to play and they're at the same sort of level standard. So you can just basically stand back and just call what you need to call. But if you did sort of, like I said, a, a 1v8 or a top v bottom, and if they start again pulling away, the other team get frustrated, then they start taking more and more penalties when then the scoreline goes higher and higher. So it's it was just stuff like that. So obviously you you, you don't, not only were players getting frustrated, we, we were getting frustrated as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's not, it shouldn't have happened, I don't think. No. But I, I know why it did happen. And, you know what I mean? Thankfully, we've gone past that sort of, uh, you know what I mean? That, that stage now. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and you, without being sort of, as you say, those teams like Cardiff and Victor who weren't the same, and Milton Keynes fans who just weren't the same standard yeah. as the, you know, Swindon's and Basins. And that's not disrespectful to those teams. And we obviously, I think as fans, we were incredibly grateful that they, you know, they, they made that decision to, to, to come and compete because otherwise we wouldn't have had a league to play in. But were you kind of aware going into those games? You mentioned that, you know, you, there's a risk of kind of lazy penalties and it gets get, gets choppy. Were you also kind of aware going into those games, you know, that if this is a blowout, then you know, there might be some silliness. You know, you might start seeing, you know, the risk of guys just fighting because they're fed up and cross and want to, you know, go at it and because they just want to get their anger out because they're getting beaten, you know, six, seven, eight nil. Yep. It's, it's frustration, and and that's what it is. It's like you, it's, it's the players get frustrated, the officials get frustrated, the, the other even the other team gets frustrated because I'm guessing the other team don't want to be sort of embarrassing the other team. So it's it, it is hard, really, really hard to manage. Um, to try to like you got to try and keep everyone happy. You know what I mean? Like like it, you, like say the team are pulling away from it, they don't want you to call the penalties on the other team because then they know that the other team are going to take frustration out on them. So it's it, it was um it was a it was a difficult season to be honest. It was a 
it was yeah the learning curve for everyone I think and I guess it's uh, a lot closer to the old EPL now in the National League like you said anyone can be anyone yeah I think so I think obviously with it's it's a bit different when you haven't got five imports but then I think I think that's good to be fair you know what I mean would would I ideally say three imports yes um but I think I you know what I mean I think you've got some really really good yeah, you know what I mean? When you get two third lines out there who are just grit players, they go hammer and tongue at each other. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I think they've got it right now with the right amount, obviously, with Bristol coming up now next year. I think it's going to be some good, some good games. Like, I don't think I've, you know what I mean, had really a bad game this season, to be honest. Like I said, everyone could beat everyone on their day. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been, it's, it was a good step in the right direction with the National League. Um, and just before we move on, sorry, Ben, I know you were going to ask a question, but you just mentioned Bristol coming up there. I, I imagine that you and the other, you know, kind of Cardiff-based referees are really kind of looking forward to that game, one of, hoping that you get some of those on a Sunday night rather than, you know. That's, when I was down there a few weeks, yeah, when I was down there a few weeks back and I was speaking to, uh, to, to Richie, I said, mate, make sure you get some home games now on a Sunday, half five face-off. <laughs> well, four o'clock on a Sunday, didn't you? Well, mate, the only one I think the earliest ones to face off is um, uh, Bracknell on a Sunday, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think five o'clock. Yeah, Sheffield have a pretty early one as well, don't they? Don't they have a four thirty sometimes? Ah, that's it. Yeah. That's never six hours in the car. <laughs> it's brutal when you think of it like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So speaking more of a like, uh, you know, you're the referee on a game day. You're you're, you're the man in charge. You're, you're the guys in charge. The you get a rule book from the IIHF, the IHA at the start of each year. Like what? Which rules would, if you had that power to, which rule would you adapt, change, or, or bring in? Like from think, what you've seen on the ice. I think they've the new rule book this year done what everyone sort of wanted, um, like the high sticking penalty. So obviously now now that's only a double minor. Where like years gone by, you you have to throw someone out. And it's like, even if someone has a tiny bit of blood, you know what I mean? It, it's the rule is you have to throw them out. Where now, it's a lot it's a lot um, better. Because obviously, you know, let's be honest, no one really high sticks someone on purpose, I don't think. It's normally an accident, a stick lift that's gone wrong. And, and you know what I mean? Someone's been a bit clumsy. And they're not looking where, they, where they're going. So I think that that's what everyone would have changed previously. And then they changed one a couple of years ago, which I didn't like, is the injury one. Where you had to throw someone out for a for an injury, um, I wasn't really a massive fan of that one to be honest. Um, but now the rule book gives you sort of the options of what you can do, which you think that how severe the penalty is. So they're the only two. I think the rule book now is pretty spot on, pretty spot on to to what it needs to be. So the penalties are right. Um, yeah, and I think the only one that was which everyone wanted to change, I think, was the high stake one, which which got amended this year. I think everyone I've ever spoken to said the same thing for that question. 100%. It is, because, you know I me. Mean, let's be honest, finger, like like I said, hopefully no one high sticks people on purpose, which, you know I mean, I haven't come across it anyway, but it's, it's an accident at the end of the day. No one means to do it. Um, and I just think, yeah, a, a two plus two it, is, is, is fine. Yeah, and I guess it also gives you that uh, like flexibility a little bit as well. Like you said, that injury one, if you, you get to use that rule book as to what you see on the ice whereas the rule book's written and you don't you never know the context of what you've seen yeah because we, we used to have our own um in-house rules have you ever you ever used to come across yeah. that in-house rules used to have but 
they sort of seem to have faded out now where when everyone goes really by the the IHF sort of rule book um so everyone knows where they are which i th- i think the game the, the rule book is adapted to try and keep more people in the game if that makes sense um so it's it's yeah i i i've got like sort of the rule book now is is where it think where it needs to be for sure Okay, so I'm going to open the floor to you now, Stephen. Um, right. Here we go. So is there one rule in the rule book, any rule at all, that you feel that needs explaining most to fans? Is it the one rule that you get the most grief on that you feel that you might just want to take this <laughs> opportunity now to kind of just explain what you're looking for as a ref that maybe we would give you stick for from the stands not understanding it? But it's, I don't suppose it's a rule. Um, the one that gets me all the time is the hand pass. Where people think they can't, they can't hand pass, but they can when they're inside their own zone. So if, if people start screaming at you um, for a hand pass, but if they're inside their own zone, then they can go from from their own team. So that that's one that people seem to scream about. Um, the other one I, I did get screamed at on um, uh, Sunday in in um, in Slough. It was someone in. They were literally about five people screaming about me about too many imports. I think you had Berberith, um, Svek, and number three. Uh, Kosti. Yeah, on the ice at the same time. And literally, <laughs> they had about five people screaming at me, saying that they got three inputs on the ice. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, there's only one on the game sheet. But <laughs> like I, the, irony, the irony that neither team had two imports for that one. No, no. But I think the main, the main one is the hand pass, that, that no one seems to understand the hand pass rule. And I mean, I, I've got one that I want to ask you because it's one that we hear called up or shouted about a lot at the link by you yeah. know, people around us. Too many men on the ice. As a ref, what okay. are you looking for? Too many men on the ice. And don't just say six. Don't just say six outs. No, 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 no. With 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 <laughs> the rule of too many men, they got a sort of game and a game and advantage. So if if someone if if a team are changing and then the other team sort of shoot the puck in that vicinity, you know what I mean? If that's not too many men. Too many men is when when a player jumps on the ice, plays the puck before the other player gets off, if that makes sense, and gains an advantage. So it's the worst. That that penalty, it may look like you've got five or, or sorry, six or seven players on the ice, but no one's gained an advantage. No one's sort of gained... The, the people coming on haven't gained possession of the puck. So it's... You may... Yeah, you, you are going to have the occasions where this time there's six people on the ice or seven people on the ice. But it hasn't sort of affected anything um so the, the, we, we call it when someone's gained an advantage so the player coming on gathers possession of that puck before the other the other player comes off if that makes sense yeah, no, yeah. It does. and it's it does. the worst penalty in the world believe me <laughs> you, 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 don't, you don't want to call it uh you don't but it's you've got to be and you've got to be 100 percent because believe me have you tried watching 10 players on the ice, a black thing that moves so fast, and then trying to count six people with your fingers. You can't. So you've got to literally do it like that. You've got to... Myself, I sort of tend to leave it down to the linesman, but <laughs> unless it's really obvious. Because I'm right thinking that's... And I could be completely wrong here, so please tell me if I am. That's one of the... Is it one of the few that they can call, or can they call any? They can't, they can't call any. Um, they, they can call too many men... Um, Penalty-wise, they can call high sticks now if someone's bleeding and the referee doesn't see it. So onto the new rule book, they can they can call that, uh, and that's 
and delay a game. Sort of the delay game of the puck is over the glass. They they can sort of blow that as well. And then any sort of majors that they think a referee has missed, they can bring it to our attention and the next stoppage of play, and then and then go from there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, kind of moving away from the the rule book then, like. Take us through, maybe not a week, but like the players know where they're going on a Saturday. The players know where they're going on a Sunday, weeks in advance. But what's it like as a referee, like that that week build up for the players? They have training a couple of nights a week. They go into games. What's it like for you guys? It's 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 nothing like sort of what players we don't. uh, We get to know probably. um, During the season, we try to get about four weeks in advance. So you, you know where you're going probably four weeks in advance. Like, but then you've got to like, like we're not, we're not professional. We've got obviously stuff going on outside of, of hockey. So you like on a Saturday, you could get a phone call saying, I need you to go here now. And because someone's pulled out or someone's got, someone's injured, someone's got this. So it's, 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 it's nonstop come obviously Saturday mornings. You don't know, you make sure that you're going to, you know what I mean? Where you know where you're going, but it's, it's pretty structured now. Like we've got an online system where what we we got like an app basically where we use where it gives you your assignments. Um, it's got everything on there really, your match report sheets and stuff like that. So it's pretty organised. So during the week, it's 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 you know what I mean. Nothing, nothing really. We don't really you speak to obviously the boys about where you're going, who's driving, who you know what I mean arranging stuff like that. But apart from that, until it gets to like um, unless it's during the week where. You know what I mean? Whoever allocates our games knows then that someone's pulling out or someone can't do their game. But yeah, it's it's normally pretty straightforward. You know where you're going way in advance, which is pretty good. And what about on game day? Like, what's a game day like for you? Just chill out in the morning. You know what I mean? Go for a walk. Play. I play a bit of football on the Sunday, obviously, as you know. <laughs> um, you know I me, mean? just just as normal, really. I play a bit of roller hockey sometimes for a team in Cardiff, so I do that, and then. Normally we meet, uh, it depends who's going with who, but normally we, with obviously the Cardiff lot, depends who's travelling where. We sometimes all meet at, at Pulse's house, um, just on the outskirts of Cardiff. We have a sort of a chat there for a bit and then sort of go off where we need to go. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, we leave a couple of hours. We try to get to the rink about an hour, hour 45, an hour 15 before the game. And, and that's it really. Pretty straightforward. It's pretty relaxed, to be honest. There's nothing, nothing intense. Um, yeah, it's nothing really sort of intense or anything rituals that we have or anything like that. We just coffee. We have the same services that we go to normally. Lead LMA normally on the M4 corridor. But yeah, it's um, pretty, pretty relaxed, to be honest. And I guess once you're at the rink, it's check the game sheets, get ready for the game, and then after the game, check them, sign them off, and head home. Yeah, it's, it's like we we try. It's depending, obviously, what 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 crew you're working with. We we do try to play a bit of football, a bit of um, just to try and like get the get a bit loose. Try to have a bit of banter when we're playing football. It depends who you work with, if if who wants to play football and stuff like that. Obviously, the nights again lighter now, so it's a bit easier. Yeah, then we get we get given the game sheets. It's not really much to check really on a game sheet anymore. Um, obviously, because you only got two imports. Um, obviously, only one's allowed on the ice this year. But I'm sure the other team will tell you if they have got two team imports on the ice, so you don't really need to sort of. It's more for the linesmen; they they sort of check that, and then yeah, it's get it done, and then and then get out as soon as you can, really. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, 
do you kind of ever so during the period breaks do you kind of have debriefs of the like the period that's just gone by do you kind of have a chat about things you might be looking out for have you kind of seen any sort of you know players get going at each other and think well this could kick off later on in the game do you have those discussions with the breaks sort of just you know catch your breath have a you know few minutes to chill and then get back out there no no you're right it's we do um Sometimes it depends on the game's going. If we obviously have got um, like a, a bit of a tight game where things are happening off the play, you know what I mean? The game we feel maybe you're getting a bit away from us. We've let a little bit too much go. Then, yeah, we we sort of, uh, or if we've missed the penalty, we have them. It's, it's, a, it's an honest conversation. You, you have to basically have, you can't like sort of beat around the bush and you have to be honest with you. And it's not, like we all say, it's never personal. It's it's. You know what I mean? If we need to have that conversation, we, we have to have it. If, if like, sort of the linesman missed an offside or missed an icing where we're getting people on our back, if two players are just sort of playing up, yeah, we, we, we sort of have them. We have to have them sort of conversations to make sure that we're, we're again, we're not letting it get away from us or, or we think we're calling too much. Could we let something go that we didn't have to call? Did the game need that penalty? Just, just stuff like that. We, we all do it. You know what I mean? As, as soon as, as soon as we get in there, we sit down and, and get that done first, and then obviously then we enjoy the rest of, rest of the period break. Really. Yeah. Um. So moving away from kind of the game day. Um. A, a question that obviously all comes up a lot in British hockey is obviously, where are the next referees coming from? Who? How many refs do we have? Um. Because obviously you can't have a league without officials. It's as simple yeah. as that. And. What is your view of kind of referee development and where, you know, where the next generation are coming from and what would you do to kind of try and, or what would you like to see done to kind of bring more officials through? So, do you know, it's, it's, it's always a, a, a touchy subject, this one, right? Because I can see behind the scenes what people are doing to bring, like in the last sort of five, six years, probably we've grown really, really good. Um, obviously with Joy on board, she sort of, put us in on in the right direction bringing on obviously youngsters ex-players we tried to get involved at but then to try and get the right crop of players do, do you know what my really really big bugbear is trying to get officials why would it say the amount of as you know the amount of a thick skin we have to have as an official right so to get new officials into the program and say they sort of go to a game, it's their first game, the first couple of games, and then they just get abused by parents, by social media. Would that then official come back to get his 20 quid the week after? We don't get paid a fortune for what we do, believe me. So that, you know what I mean? There's, there's people who want to do it. There's people in the background who sort of run the referee section, the running level one courses, left, right and centre, to try and get more bodies on. Because, yeah, yeah, we are we are short. Don't get me wrong. In an ideal world, every game should be a three-man system, obviously underneath the National League. But it's hard to do it because, um, you know what I mean, the, we don't do it for the pay. You have to do it because you love the game and you want to be involved in the game in some capacity. But I can see why people come on board and then disappear. Because, you know what I mean, you, you've probably seen me, like, snap a few times. And, I, and I've been doing it for so long. But then to get a youngster to come in and then for them to sort of take the, the, the crap that they do off people, why would they come back? Why, why would they? So I think that, that needs to sort of, sort of stop. The people need to like take a step back and say, yeah, they're, they're not 
you know, they're not going to know everything on their first couple of times. They're not going to know, you know what I mean, where to stand or what penalties they think is correct or what. It's, it's, everyone's got to start somewhere. So these, these people who are coming through, and believe me, there is some good people coming through down below. But then we need to keep them people coming through, keep them interested in the game um, and not have them being, a, you know what I mean, being abused by fans, being abused by by players, being you know on social media. That's everyone needs to sort of understand. It's it's not a full time job for us. It's it's something that we we do because we want we want to do it. Not not that um, we get paid the years to do. We're doing it for the money. We're doing it because we 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 like the game. We want to be in the game in some capacity. So I think people just need to understand that we're not there to 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 ruin a game. We're not there to, to, to like sort of miss things on purpose. It's, we're, we're there because we, we want to do a good job. You know what I mean? Week in, week out, we want to do a good job. And you know what I mean? And people are coming off the ice deflated because of the amount of grief they get. So I think when that sort of, and it's, let's be honest, it's, not, it's never going to completely go away. It's not, it's not. But then we just need the people who are come through need to have sort of a thick skin, you know, be prepared for it. Um, you know what I mean? Then just, just hopefully try and, you know what I mean, <laughs> develop, if that makes sense. And, and there is people coming through. Don't get me wrong. There is. Um, but we just need to try and get more and more people on board um, to, to make it an enjoyable, an enjoyable experience, if that makes sense. Because sometimes it's not. Believe me, even, if, even when I do it now, sometimes I get annoyed. And as, as you know, um, and it, it's not because they, it's not because I've done something wrong. It's because people think we've done something wrong. People think that we, you know what I mean? But they, and, that, and that's my, my biggest bugbear with, with people coming through, that they don't get the opportunity. No one, they don't get the chance because that first couple of games, something says something, you know I mean, wrong to them. And then they, they, they've just, just gone for good. And, yeah. we, and we, we see it all the time. We see it all the time. But, like I said, it's never, it's never always going to go away fully. Um, but, but people just need to understand that we, you know, I mean, we learn every day, every day we're learning, every game we're learning is something different and just people need to understand that. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the last couple of years, particularly for obvious reasons, there's been a lot more focus in a lot of walks of life about, you know, mental health and, you know, those kind of impacts. Do you think that, you know, you've mentioned social media there, you've mentioned, you know, abuse from crowds. Do you think the problem is worse now than it was five years ago or 10 years ago? Um, and in terms of the impact on the, you know, mental health of officials, the, you know, do you think that the problem of abuse is getting worse? Because I, I know, I know my, I know my opinion as an outsider on this, but I'd be really interested to hear your opinion on, as a referee, do you think you get more now than you did back then? I think so. I think so. But I think that's because you're you're more you're more open now, aren't you? You're more you're more open to it that people can um with with the social media, people have got more access access to you and stuff like that. Thankful thankfully I haven't sort of had a breakdown, you know what I mean, yet yet from it. But I know people that take it sort of a hell of a lot different to what, what I do and stuff like that. So it's it it is it is getting worse, but again, that's just like you said. Any any walks of life, it's it's where we're living at the moment. It's it's what's what's available to people. It's not just hockey, but but anything. Um, so yeah, it's it is it is 
it is quite quite bad. But again, you know, I mean, I'm all for people having an opinion because that's what they they pay for. They pay they pay, and you you boys probably know. I, I'll explain anything to anyone, um, and I'm sure any referee will in the country if you're asked in the right way. Um, but yeah, but then we're, but then we're not. You know what I mean? You just you think people just don't want to approach you because they think you're not going to get the answer that they're not going to get the answer they want to hear. But yeah, uh-huh. it's. Yeah, I was just, you know, I'm not going to stand here, you know, in a glass house and say I've never shouted anything from the designers because I think Ben would know I'm lying and you probably know that I'm, I'm lying when you say that. But, you know, I think definitely we all say things or shout, you know, when we see things that we think is wrong. But, yeah, it's, as you say, asking in the right way. Um, before we kind of move off the top, the top of this topic, because obviously it is something that we want to say, like, there have been obvious high-profile incidents around, you know, British hockey this year of, you know, certain incidents with officials and abuse of officials. And I don't obviously want you to comment on any of the particular incidents because I'm sure we all know which ones that we're on about. But do you think those bets kind of come to a head now? Because there was obviously the statement from IHUK, the joint statement with IHUK, the Elite League and, and the EIHA early on in the season regarding, you know, a zero, taking a more zero-tolerance approach. Do you think just the number of kind of high profile incidents regarding you know officials getting you know abused by people has kind of brought the kind of issue now back right into the forefront yeah yeah of course it has but i also think right it's like like what what um obviously i i can't go into i won't go into and discuss what 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 everyone knows but it's it happens it happens everywhere it it does and I, I and I think people don't don't need to do it because yes, they're there to obviously get people entertained. They're there to to get an atmosphere going, which is fine, which I appreciate. But they don't need to go then after. They don't need to go after officials. They don't need to go after away supporters. They don't need to go after sort of if if they if they if if some like. Obviously, they're good at what they do because that's why they're in the position they do it. But you, you don't need to sort of belittle someone else to have that extra laugh, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? We get it, we're under enough scrutiny as it is. Obviously, we don't need any more. And it, it happens everywhere. That, that incident was just obviously publicized. It happens everywhere, believe me. Not everywhere, sorry. It, it happens in probably about 30, 40% of the places we go. It does. Um, but it, it, there's no need for it. You know, we're already under pressure from from supporters, from you know, what I mean, from fans, from from everything. We we don't we don't need that extra bit of um, scrutiny from people who shouldn't sort of do it. If that makes sense, you know, what I mean, I again, again, and that's the thing we go back to. Then why would people do it if you're there just to get embarrassed? You know, what I mean, we're not there to be embarrassed because that's what it does. It embarrasses you. You're there. You're there to call a game, and I don't know. I don't know one referee, you know, I mean, hand on heart, that's gone into a game and thought, you know, I'm going to mess this up. You you try to call them. Believe me, if you think you got something wrong, right? No one feels worse than you do. If you feel you got something wrong on the ice, and you know if you got something wrong, you do. No one feels bad. No one feels worse than that that referee. And and I could tell you, hand on heart, that's that's true. If I miss something, right, or if someone else misses something, they they. That, that lives with them for like the rest of the game it, it does and we don't need other people to get involved in that to make it worse 
that no, makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that makes total sense, and you you you're absolutely right. Um, just before I ask a slightly different topic, this is kind of moving away from all that, but um, you talked about the referees coming through. Like, is there anyone out there that you think is a is a, is a one to watch kind of in in speech marks? Like, there's a couple of refs out there that are hopefully going to come through and, and take that mantle in the National League and maybe higher? Well, you've got INZ now trying to do a bit of refereeing. He is. He wants to get in, involved in refereeing. Um, so I think he, he's got sort of potentially reads the game pretty well. Um, the, the, way, the, way, the way they do it is like, like the Elite League, um, they sort of bring up referees from sort of like down below, if that makes sense. Because obviously you can't take the experience the 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 you know I mean every league needs good referees if that makes sense yeah. so there's there's good referees everywhere the, like the elite league have got a few coming through someone called Ollie Truswell he does a bit of of national league and the elite league he, he's pretty he's really good skates well Jarvi Jarvi haven't been around that long very good very good official um you know I mean he's got a bright future on him there's 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 quite a few um coming through that that now coming into the national league that will sort of develop into into good elite league officials if that's where they want to go, if that's the path they want to be. Um so yeah, there's this this it's hard to, to name so many of them, but like but you just got to be mindful of where they're going and where they because like you said, every every league uh deserves to have good officials. Um because that's what the teams deserve and that's what everyone sort of deserves. You've just got to be nurtured, develop the right way. Um, into the path that you, you that you want to go, so it's really down to the official as well, if that makes sense, of, of what they want to do. Yeah, it does. And am I right in thinking you've done a couple of elite league games yourself? Which one, you know, which ones do you <laughs> not maybe not prefer, but the the differences between the two? Oh, look, every, everyone, everyone who who wants to be who's an official would should want to get to the elite league because that's that's the pinnacle. If you get there or not, then you know what I mean. That that's the pinnacle, like you know. What I mean, yes, I've been fortunate to do a few. Um, it's just a lot faster. You know, what I mean, you you probably call a lot less, but the game's a lot faster. Um, so it's just sort of trying to read the play. Um, you know, what I mean, I'm sort of past that now. I'm sort of happy where I am, if that makes sense. Don't get me wrong. If they say to me, "Oh, you know, what I mean, we need someone. Would you do a game if you're free?" Then yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, I'm, you're never going to turn it down. Um, but like sort of I'm I'm happy where I am at the moment and and doing what I'm sort of doing, to be honest. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Tom. Yeah. Um, so obviously we've been through COVID, we're back in touch wood out the other side and won't be going back into the behind closed door scenario again. But how different was it for you officiating games in literally empty? empty buildings with just play at senior level because obviously you, you presumably do that kind of junior level or rec level where there's not really many people around but at senior national league level with you know, with elite league players playing at that level what was it like having literally zero fans silent buildings to be honest you you, you honestly you can't really you can't really tell you you only you only because what i found is that the djs they sort of built they made the atmosphere um so you couldn't really you couldn't you can only tell when there was a, like a, a goal scored or because you only notice the fans when they start shouting. Um, but yeah, honestly, you, you couldn't honestly tell um, in some places that there was, but that's not because obviously it's normally quiet in the building, but the DJ sort of 
fills the atmosphere because everything I didn't know what to expect the first game. You know, I mean, would there be a DJ? Would they play the music? Would they do this? Would they do that? But everything sort of stayed the same apart from the fans. So you you couldn't really you don't really notice it to be honest unless you look up and obviously there's an empty building. But yeah, you 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 don't really notice it unless um, you know you only hear them when they shout or when someone scores to be honest. But it it, it wasn't sort of much different. Um, and I think we're kind of coming up towards the end of our time now, but do you have a particular favourite sort of memory from your refereeing career? You know, that maybe that one, you know, moment or something or game or something that you just, that you, you, you all remember as the, that's my favourite yeah, ref. I think the, um, it's been a few, to be honest. Um, I ref the other, the, the last ever game in Ron Valleyway um, down in the old Romford rink. That was... Um, a playoff game between the Isle of Wight and, and Romford. Um, I think it went to penalty shots and Danny Marshall missed the penalty shot to, to obviously put Isle of Wight through. So that, that one sort of sticks in. That was, a, that was a really good game. The atmosphere down there was always sort of intense. Um, but recently, the, the one that sort of sticks in my mind was the playoff final 2018, I think it was the last one before COVID or the one it was Peterborough against Hull when Hull won it in overtime. Uh, I think I just called one penalty, um, and the sort of the game was sort of end end to end non-stop. Um, so I think that one sort of sticks in my mind recently. That was a pretty good game. Would you say those are your favourite, most memorable game? If you had to pick one game that was your favourite game to ref, is that the one? Yeah, I, I think that 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 playoff final was was a good one because it was pretty close. I think it ended four all before they went into overtime. I think Peterborough tied it up late, I think. I'm not too sure. Or the other game that sort of sticks into my mind now I've thought about it was um I think it was about five years ago. It was a Milton Keynes Peterborough EPL Cup final second leg that went to penalty shots. And I think it was Kazi that scored the winning penalty shot. That was another sort of when Pete Russell was a coach of MK. Uh, that was another that was another sort of intense, pretty memorable game that sticks in my mind. And I guess you're hoping to have a couple more memorable games as we go down the stretch and into the playoffs. Fingers crossed. You know, you never know. All I can do is just keep doing what sort of what I do, um, and then just sort of let the rest fall into place. I guess. But yeah, hopefully a good good end to the season, and then and then go from there. And I guess that's. Is that the pinnacle for you guys getting that Coventry weekend? Oh, of course. Again, it's like if, if you ref in, in this league or you ref in any league, the playoffs, the Cups should always be your sort of aspiration. Um, it's what you work to. It's, it's why you do it, to be honest, is to to get to these these games, the Cup finals, the, the playoff finals, and you know, not just the National League, but the Elite League, the ENL1, you know, NHL1, NHL2. It's, it's the conference weekends. They're, they're the ones that you need to sort of try to get to as an official awesome well i think that's that's uh, everything from me i don't know about you tom no i think i think that's good i think we're yeah that's been a really good conversation thank you very much for uh joining us Stephen. pleasure Jed. no problem at all